0: Hey guys, at the YMCA rebuild, we're in the business of reducing recidivism in Victoria, and in no way do we condone criminal activity discussed in these episodes. We support victims of crime and are committed to creating a safer community.
1: I've done five months in a slot, you know, by myself, so twenty-three hours a day, one hour walkout, um, and that to me, honestly, um, was it was it was a game changer for me. Welcome to a time to rebuild
0: the podcast that explores the impact of crime from incarceration to positive transformation and everything in between. Today, our guest is a young man who will go by the name of Tommy. Growing up, Tommy's parents both suffered medical conditions, which caused a family breakdown and saw Tommy in residential care. At age 13, he was alone. And that's where his offending began. His life has been in and out of youth detention and adult prison. Now, life's a bit different. And even though he still faces challenges, he can stand proud of the man he is today. Welcome to the show, Tommy. Thank you. So, Tommy, you're working with Rebuild at the moment. How long have you been with I've Rebuild? I've
1: been with Rebuild since, um, I think, December last year. Yep. Um, on and off. Yep. You know, I've, I've had a few ups and downs along the way. Um. But yeah, yeah, no, absolutely love it, mate. Yeah.
0: How are you finding it? So you're loving it? What what parts do you love the most?
1: Oh, just the just the like the atmosphere, the crew the crew leaders, you know. Um no one's judgmental. They're all, yeah. you know, like um the boys are good, you know. Um everyone wants to help each other kind of thing, you know? Which is good. You know, it's, everyone's on the right path, kinda of... Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All, all
0: in it for the same reason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I guess you would find some, some team members and crew leaders that will be experiencing some same things that you're going through oh, as well. Oh, definitely,
1: mate. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. 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 A, lot, a lot of the crew members too, you know, you give a lot of feedback, you know, and that kind of thing. So it's, it's yeah, no, it works all, all good, you know. It's a, it works in like a circle kind of thing. It's a good little circle, you know. Yeah, yeah. 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 And
0: so I guess life didn't start when you came to Rebuild. How was your upbringing?
1: Mate, my upbringing was, yeah, it was pretty rough, mate, you know. Okay. Um, Yeah, life was pretty up and down, you know, through my childhood with with mum and dad sort of thing. Um, Mum had cancer, dad had heart disease. Um, You know, me and my sister kind of, we battled on, you know, watching them both kind of, you know, in and out of hospital. One's in hospital, the other one's out, you know back and forth kind of thing. Um and then and then eventually they split and you know, a few two years later dad passed away kind of thing and I was I think I was about thirteen then and uh Yeah, it taught me to bits, mate, you know what I mean? But um you gotta take the good with the bad I guess and it's um probably one of the you know, the biggest lessons me old man ever taught me was, you know, leaving leaving this world and, you know. Step out there and be a man, mate, kind of thing. Not that I took all these good traits, you know. <laughs> took a lot of bad ones, but um, he, you know, he taught me how to how to survive a bit. So, yeah, so bless his soul.
0: So thirteen, that was. That's a, that's a young age to be going through, uh, traumatic events like that.
1: Yeah, definitely, mate. Look, Um, I don't really like. These days, I don't really remember much of it. You know. Yeah just because it was such a traumatic event, um, you know, basically straight into, you know, residential care and, um, you know, I'd already lived a hard life as it is, you know, watching them battle on and, you know, we're pretty poverty stricken and all that kind of thing. Um, you know, dad was involved in, in certain, you know, crime and all that kind of thing. So it rubbed off on me a bit. Um, and then once, once I went off into, into care, mate, you know, kind of things just spoiled spiraled mate, out, out of control um, you know I met obviously you know living in care you meet other kids that are you know in that life already and or all, all that have been, come from you know hardship as well and um, yeah just you know along the way are just linked up with the wrong people and not not that they'll, you know they're all bad people that you know a lot of them are, uh, you know, are, are very good people, um, but, you know, in, in when, when, you, when you're young, you know, like, I guess we're still learning, you know, and, um, we yeah, everyone makes mistakes, and um, I, I definitely made plenty, you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, so, um, but mistakes are what's made me today, and I'm, I'm proud of it, proud of who I am, you know, and um, I've bounced back a lot of times, so I'm pretty, yeah, pretty happy, mate. Yeah,
2: Yeah. Yep. When you went into care, um, did you get separated from your uh, sister?
1: Yeah, I was, yeah. Yeah, she went She went with my mum. So basically when my mum ma- uh, and dad split, um, I went with my father. My sister went with my mother. Um, there's a bit of, bit of out of control history there between mum and dad, you know, fighting over the kids and um, both with their health issues and... Um, all that kind of thing but um yeah i didn't see my sister really for up until i was about 14 i think 14 15 so it was about a year and a half later after dad passed that i'd seen me um my sister yeah i think the last last time i seen her before that was at at the at my father's funeral and um and i don't yeah to be honest with you i couldn't i couldn't even remember it you know
2: so you you're in care and and you say you're, you're hooking up with the you know some of these people that could be you know bad influences some some good some bad, so talk us through where you know you started making some decisions that led you into a bit of trouble.
1: I guess I was lonely, mate. You know, as a kid, like I, I was, you know, I, I was, I, I was in the world by myself. You know, I had not, I had no. I had no, obviously, my father, like my father had passed, so I had no father figure, had no one that you know kind of set me in the right directions, um, had no mentors. Um, I had I had a few mentors, obviously, through residential care, but you got to pick them, you know what I mean, like because a lot, I never really connected with with the workers that you know kind of come in and and read off like out of a textbook and then put it into practical work you know what I mean so to me it was like um I connected with the workers that like had actually been through a little bit of hardness in their life and um experienced you know ups and downs so that sort of thing and um and to those workers you know i I, you know yeah to this day I still remember them I love them you know and I appreciate it for everything they've done for me you know so, talk is true when you started offending? Pretty much, probably about six months after after my father passed. Um, yeah, first off, it all started with going out drinking alcohol and smoking weed kind of thing, you know, and, um, you know, we're just young kids having fun, I guess. But, um, yeah. yeah, it just, it just spiraled out of control the drinking and all that kind of stuff and then turned into assaults and all that kind of rubbish and, um, basically, I, I, my first offence was, um, yeah, I was about 13 and a half, so, um, and then, uh, basically, I, I was always, because of residential care, you kind of, if you don't report in with them, you kind of go, they put you as MIA, you know, missing in action, um, <laughs> yeah, so they they get a search warrant out for you, uh, you know, just for your whereabouts kind of thing, and, Cop, you're always running from the coppers, you know. I'm thirteen, new to the this world, you know, and um, like I'd experienced it, you know, like I'd seen it, you know, but I hadn't experienced it myself, you know. You were living it now. Yeah, I was living it. So, um, yeah, thirteen and a half, I started really offending. Um, just got worse and worse and worse, you know. One thing led to another, you know. Like, I had no money, had no source of income um i think re- when we were in resi we used to get 20 dollars a day and you know we excited as yeah pack of smokes you know yeah uh, um but yeah so you know just inc- income really like just needed a source of money you know to buy our drinks to do this to do that kind of thing to feel like we're, we were worth something you know look um i guess a lot of people look down on us you know hanging around the streets doing that doing all kinds of things, you know, saying around the stations, you know, running a mark, swearing out in public. You know, we got looked down upon, you know, but, like, we we're troubled kids, so, um, you know, if anyone come and sat with us and, and kind of, you know, asked us questions or wanted to know about us, you know, they'd probably find out that we we're pretty humble kids, you know, and that we just we just had a hard upbringing. Um, yeah, and then, and then after that, you know, I think, 14 was my first time in juvenile um in prison yeah and um i'd I'd done three months and it it, um and then from there on it was just in and out it was like yeah it was back then you know it was like a holiday park in a way Mm. um never really taught me much besides crime you know like it was it was pretty much a a school for crime you know I'd get out and you know you'd link up with people in there and next mean you're hanging with them on the outside and yeah it wasn't yeah it just just went out of control mate you know
2: it's difficult I'd say it was difficult is it fair to say that in some ways then people the people that you're associating were kind of like your only kind of family at that stage
1: yeah they were my family yeah and I and like still to this day like I got I got a lot of the boys from back in those days that are, that I still call my, my brothers, you know, like, they are my brothers, I grew up with them, you know, uh, you know, residential care, they're my foster brothers, you know, Uh, a lot of resi workers, like, I had one residential worker, she was a old, um, Albanian lady, she was 70 years old, and, um, she died of lung cancer, God bless her soul, but, uh, yeah, she, um, she she, i looked at her like my foster grandmother mate she um she done everything for me mate i absolutely loved her to death and she died when i was about 15 so so just after you know and she was pretty she was pretty much my like savior in a in a way you know like um so after obviously after me uh father passed um yeah, she came into my life and and she, she played a big role, you know. Um as like a motherly figure, grandmother sort of thing, but um unfortunately um she liked her cigarettes too much. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: So you mentioned a few people that have supported you
1: yeah. uh, throughout the way. Were there any services or anything like that that you Yeah, so um services um Yep. Wissas was was a big one in my life. If I wasn't in, in juvie or I wasn't running amok muck on the street, I was in I was in detox.
0: Shout out to Wissas. Shout out to Wissas. Sh- yeah, do, they do
1: amazing work. Yeah, yeah. yeah they they're amazing. Um, I all up I had done I think about eighteen stays <laughs> through Wissas through through my years. Um, yep. and uh, they were like a second family to me. Um, yeah. Absolutely, absolutely yeah amazing people you know um they do amazing work that you know and yeah couldn't say any more. yeah yeah great yep. uh,
0: and you were mention you mentioned that uh you went in and out of of um youth detention
1: yeah yeah
0: do you know how many times that was
1: uh i was in four times mate, four times all up. yeah 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 yep. so well, uh, yeah as i was saying um uh, 13 14 yeah um i done i think three months or two months um and then uh after that it was six months yeah on remand and then um i done nine months and then uh done a 12 months um just before i was 18 yeah so i got out probably two weeks before i turned 18 and then um and then after that, went to uh, Marinsbury Youth Detention. Um, and I'd done 16 months there. Um, yeah, so it was just, yeah, it was just in and out, in and out, you know, my whole life sort of thing. Um, didn't get much of a break, you know. Yeah. To kind yep. of break the cycle.
2: Did you want to, ch- like, I'm really interested to, to see, in that period of time, did you want to change... Did you feel you could change, or was it just nah. this was just your life, and you were quite content with that life? And that's an interesting thing to say, but I'm interested to hear what your take is. No,
1: nah, look, I never wanted that life at all. Right. like it, it um, but circumstances, you know, um, it's really circumstantial. Um, you know, n- no one's ever fed, you know, like a, a platter of gold, really. um yeah yeah, Yeah. like uh yeah like I I, like I consistently like as I said you know like um from my first day ever in Ysass was um back when I was 13 14 um like so like I, I consistently kept trying to change you know like I was if, as I said, if I wasn't in Juvie, I was in or I was out running amok. It was either one of the three, you know what I mean? So I was always trying to find an angle to to escape that life. But, um, you know, being in resi you ha- you look that, that sort of thing, you have no control of your life, you know? You, you have no control of who's going to be around. So the people you grow up with, they become... Certain people become your role models. Obviously, the older ones, the older fellas. Um, and I grew up with a lot of old, like. I become friends with a lot, of, lot of older fr- mates. You know, um, a lot of them were older than me. Um, were doing a lot more hectic kind of crime than me. Um, yeah, and and that's that's where it all escalated. You know, like um, I'd, I'd look at the end of the day. Look, some of them. I still love, you know what I mean. Um, They taught me certain morals. I look at them, some of them as teachers, you know what I mean. Um, I wouldn't, obviously, I wouldn't be, wouldn't have the mind that I do today if it wasn't for some of them. Some of them, you know, weren't the best, but yeah, a lot of them were good.
2: It's interesting because a lot of our listeners were probably thinking when you say something like they were your teachers, they probably already jumped to the the negative side that they were teaching you you know um how to you know escalate your crime or escalate that kind of side of your life but i gather they were teaching you um other parts of how to be a young person growing up and and so forth like is, yeah. would that, be, is that true yeah
1: I, yeah definitely um i'd say that they, they taught me to be strong you know like um like they'd been through it you know like the the Obviously, they hadn't been in my my shoes, but um, they had their own hardships and and they dealt with their own things. So um, I guess they taught me, you know, be strong, be strong hearted, be strong minded. Um, you know, um, hanging around them, you know, kind of taught me to be. You know, like I had to be strong. You know what I mean? I, I was I was hanging around a lot of older blokes. You know what I mean? I wasn't I wasn't Oh, I wasn't the young one in the room. I had to stand up and be the, you know, yeah. act act their age you kind of thing. So yeah. um, basically helped me mature in many aspects, you know. Um, yeah. Must be a lot of pressure on you, though, to be that.
2: Like you're, we're talking about, what, 15, you know, 13, 14, 15, 16 years of age, and you're feeling like you have to step up and and, and, and be kind of considered – um, in the maturities of like you know 19 20 or even older yeah um, there must be a bit of pressure did you ever just want to just like just be a young person and do the same things that the, that you know the young people that you taught that young people be doing at that time
1: yeah definitely man um like i always wanted a normal life you know what i mean like I, you can't choose the road that's been given you know but but what is normal? You know what I mean. Yeah, like yeah. that's the thing too. You know. Yeah. Um, if I could turn back the hands of time, there'd be be slight things I might change, but not much. You know what I mean? Because, uh, yeah, as as I said, it's it's made me the man I am today, and I'm pretty happy with with where you know at where I've come from to where I am now. So, mm. uh. addiction
2: and and you know substance abuse was obviously went hand in hand with your lifestyle and your offending
1: yeah definitely yeah yeah so yeah just the the drug use just um spiraled right out of control to um to everything under the sun really um you know i think at 14 i was you know i was i was addicted to ice and um and then fifteen, you know, I was addicted to heroin, ice, and prescription pills, and I was ta- I was taking everything, you know. Um, just I uh, I don't know what I, what. Still to this day, I don't know the real reasons behind it. You know, I I know it comes out probably a lot of, you know, I just wanted to block things out, and or um, well, I just wanted to feel that you know that 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 darkness, you know, being alone and. I, I, well come come to think about it that's where i've grown the most you know is is in my in my own darkness you know like when i've hit rock bottom is is kind of when i go all right enough's enough and i skyrocket back up you know um and then, and then till i plateau and, <laughs> and then i go again <laughs> kind of thing but uh, yeah yeah um yeah just spiraled out of control really the, the drug use and um it took many years to um to get get it under control really yeah works works a big thing for that too you know i mean work, works great to you know to help you you know keep away from the drugs and you know keep especially with you know spending your money sort of thing you go out to you work and you, you earn that money you know you don't you want to go spend it on drugs and that sort of thing you want to buy a nice pair of shoes or yeah, th- yeah. you know you appreciate it a bit more so but when you're out doing crime and that kind of thing you, you know it comes and it goes just as quick you know as all Yeah and we
2: like we on the streets as well like did you have we we yeah. like couch surf or were you, like we are homeless at these times as well cuz this is another another layer to this Yeah that I'd be really interested it, to hear about.
1: Yeah so um a lot of the times I'd I'd, I'd I'd run away from the rezis and um yeah that's what i was saying um earlier um by being being a missing person kind of thing and i'd have a search warrant out for me arrest and all that um and uh every now and then they'd catch up with me and um they'd either throw me they'd throw me in secure welfare which is sort of like a like a juvenile center but for for residential kids and that sort of thing that run away too much and um They'd throw throw me in there for about two to three weeks until, uh nah, I'm not gonna run away again. So, <laughs> yeah. So
0: what does that look like? Does that look like a? I guess you get a room in these places.
1: Yeah, you get you get a room. Well, yeah, you get a room. Do they lock the doors? It's or? a prison cell. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, it's a prison cell. So it's pretty it's pretty much the same as juvenile or um as Parkville um, mm. you know, and and they're all all. All the same kind of kids, you know, all resi kids. Um, not, not saying all resi kids went the path I went. Some of them went different, you know, some are doing well and that sort of thing. Um, some kept to themselves, uh, I guess. Um, but, yeah, it was a prison. It's a prison, yeah. So what age were you when you first had
2: a cell door shut on you? 13. Do you remember what I felt like? Can you, can you even remember back then?
1: Yeah, I remember digging through, (laughs) trying to dig through the roof. (laughs) Yeah. How'd you go with that? Yeah, I was trying to, yeah, (laughs) snuck a fork into my room and I was trying to dig through the roof to find, to escape, mate. Yeah. Yeah, It was, uh, honestly, it, Um. yeah, mate, it was, it it pretty much brought me to tears. Like, I think the first time I went in, like, um, or into secure welfare, like, just didn't want to be there. Um, know, I, I didn't want to listen to them. Didn't want to know them. You know, like um, even though they, they are uh, welfare workers and, and so forth, and they're, they are there to help you in a certain way, but they're still locking that key. You know what I mean? And they're still keeping you in that building. So, um, yeah, it's a lot of pressure, and it's 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 a weird feeling. You know, especially when you're young. Um, Yeah, it's it's very traumatic, to be Mm. honest. Yeah, it is. Especially thirteen. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, It's very difficult.
0: And what I'm seeing here as well is you've been... So when you're locked up inside, you kind of know that you're going to be there for a couple of months or years. When you've been locked up in the community, it's the same thing, but with that kind of what's happening, how long I'm going to be in here for.
2: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. We're talking Newt. We're talking Newt Detention. 14 years of age, you lock up. You know you've been to Parkville, you're Malmesbury. So then it switches to adult. Yep. You know you become over 18. You start to, So talk us through a little bit of that. When did you first hit the the big house, the 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 adult prison? And I'd be really interested to hear. Yeah, so what your differences between your experiences in youth and then moving into that into that space.
1: Yeah, well, so um, I think it was ten months. I was out of Malmesbury. Um. Uh, I'd finished, finished um, my order um, with them and uh, basically, um, yeah, six months later, I ended up in um, in the map for a few weeks. Um, I got out um, on bail and then uh, ended up back in there for more charges and breach of the bail. Um, and I ended up copying, I think, nine months all up I think I was yeah so I would have been about just just turned 22 I think um and uh, you know at first it it was I was a bit you know like well, I was a bit hesitant I didn't know what to expect kind of thing it's, uh, thinking oh it's, a, it's stepping up to a new new level kind of thing you know um but I had a lot of older friends that were in and out of prison kind of thing too. So I kind of felt a little bit safe in that sort of of thing. Um, But it it still was, it it was still daunting on me. Um, Yeah, I didn't know, as I said, I didn't know what to expect. Um, But to be honest, it was more of a cruisier ride than than the youth detention centres. You know, I got to do my own thing. I got to relax. I got to, you know... Focus on what I wanted to focus Obviously there's always a bit of drama In prison you know it's always there Um you know if you look for it You'll find it um But obviously If you if you you know you keep your head down And you you want to focus on, on On yourself and build, building Yourself up um You know people respect That and they're you know they're a lot more mature And a lot more older um So and, and People notice that you know in in there um you know just one one thing to say you know a lot of people in prison are are good people um it's just circumstances in life that has put them there you know
0: that was one of the things that surprised me when i first started working in uh in the prison sector you know i started off in homeless working for a homeless organization uh in Malmesbury. Oh, yeah. Um, so working with young guys who didn't have anywhere to go,
1: Yeah, yeah, right.
0: um, and setting up accommodation for them when they got out yep. after doing that, after working in there and really like, uh, getting my experience up in there, you go in and you think like, Oh, what's going to happen? You know, am I going to get stabbed and all this sort of stuff? <laughs> and then you just have these normal conversations. Yeah. And it was so out of left field cause it all builds up in your head. Um, that you know you can have just a normal conversation, and you start to relax, and then you start to build these relationships where you can actually help. But um, but yeah, as you said, you know, a lot of people that are that are locked away are there, you know, from one circumstance.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's funny how how the world you know throws curveballs at you, you know. Um, and there's a lot of people that shouldn't be locked up. You know what I mean? There's a lot of people that should be locked up, Um, you know, but um, I've I've met some of the most humblest people in in prison and, um, you know, I'm proud to have met them, you know. Do you
2: think that you should have been locked up?
1: Um, The way I was going, yeah. Yeah, I I, I deserve, like, look, in the end of the day, look, it's a fifty fifty there. Like no one wants to be locked up. But, you know, like I, I was running amok, I was doing silly things, I was you know, I was I was hurting people, I was robbing, stealing, you know, it you know in the I had to I had I was I was trying to survive, you know, but I was also feeding an addiction too, so there's a bit of survival in there and there's a bit of selfishness in there. Um so the things I was doing, yeah. I probably do, do deserve, deserve um being locked up um but I think um overall it um of kind of guided me a bit you know out, it got me away from from the streets um and and s- put me in a in a position in a, you know where I could try and work on myself a bit more um yeah there were some days in there, you know, that weren't pretty, you know, I, I had some, a few run-ins and this and that kind of thing, but um, most of the time I was, you know, you know, I got to work on myself a lot, so uh, it was
2: good, yeah. Do you get, do you reflect a lot on the, on the crimes you're doing and maybe the, you know, the the other side of it? The, people, yeah, you the people that might have suffered from that,
1: and 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 so forth. Do you, do you actually do you reflect on that? Man? Yeah, yeah, you do. Yeah, yeah. Um, it depends on. on, on it's a difficult kind of question. Look, because I do personally, but um, it depends on what kind of type of human being you are. You know what I mean? Um, me, yeah, I reflected a lot on on my offending, my drug use. Um, you know, my family. Um. The people that love me, um, workers, it, look, anything on the outside world, I, I, I kind of reflected on, especially the first time. After the, look, the, when I went in the second sentence, um, kind of, I kind of locked the world away, you know, and kept me head in the walls kind of thing, because, um, sometimes you got to do that to kind of, otherwise a week can feel like a, like two months, you know what I mean? Um. But yeah, no, definitely a self uh, reflection. Um the second sentence I was in there it was uh when the rides were happening and um am basically uh it was pretty out of control. Um but um once 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 everything went on lockdown, that sort of thing, um I mean I'd done done five months in a in slot, you know, by myself, so twenty three hours a day, one hour walk out. Um and that to me honestly um was it was it was a game changer for me um that's where i done the most self reflection um yeah um that's where i got to you know kind of build on my mind and my and my, my resilience and and figure out who i was as a person you know kind of thing um being being just just trapped in a cell you know the only person you get to see is the screw at the door is your broke you know what I mean? Here's your lunch, here's your, here's your dinner, <laughs> you know? Mm. You just say that so flippantly.
2: And to me, I'm sitting here going, F- five months, was it? What you said? Yeah. Five months, 23 hours of local. Yeah. Talk me through a bit of that, like the mental the mental side of that.
1: At first, I think, um, well, that's that's what I was saying. Like, I had to, I had to block out the world, you know what I mean? The, the outside world and everything in it. Um, and the only person I had was me, so um, a lot of fitness in, in myself was was a big thing for me. Um, I think uh, I used to get up at I think about three o'clock in the morning, and and I was I, I'd be doing me push ups, me sit ups, and me burpees, and you name it, any any exercise I could possibly think of, I'd do in soul and I'd train for hours, mate. And then I'd have me breaky. I'd sit there, um, we are given a TV after 10 days, you know, after 10 days in, in the slot, you're given a TV, you, you kind of get a few privileges here and there, um, as your behavior, yeah, <laughs> you know, kind of increases. Um, but, uh, yeah, just, just mainly the, the fitness side of thing, um, really kept me going. Um, you know, oh look at you know the only thing the only person you got in there is look is to look at is you in the mirror really you know what i mean so it's a, it's it's a big self reflection you know you see your imperfections you you know what i mean you, it really helps you i guess build build on yourself and, and you see your flaws and you know over time you you, you develop a mentality that it just becomes kind of um, unbreakable um, you know, like, cause it's out of your control. So, if you, if you, a month in, it is what it is now. You know what I mean? I'm gonna be here for another five months. This is I just gotta deal with it. You know, and um, and just from there, you slowly, once you once you get to there, you know, um, at first, as I said, you know, any, for any any time in prison, you know, the first time, second time, what it can be hard at the start. But once you 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 you, you kind of get to that point and you start building on yourself and actually um reflecting and all that you kinda it makes life a lot easier in there and um yeah you figure out who you are you gotta learn to love yourself really and um in there is where where I developed that you know Lo- love myself um w- working on what I wanted to change working out what i wanted to be when i when i when i got out and i'd done really well after that sentence you know um i got out because you know i I developed the mentality of like you know when i got it when i get out i'm gonna build a foundation and then you know just like building a house kind of thing you know you build you you know you dig the ditch Mm. and then you you pull the concrete you know you do the slab you put the frame up yep etc you know what i mean it slowly builds up from there so um that's how I looked at life while I was in the slot, um, and it uh, it really prepared me for when I got out. And um, I stayed out four years that time. So, and that was and that was the longest that I stayed out. I stayed clean for a, a year, um, and then um, I slowly started kind of dabbling back into it. And um, unfortunately, that was due to the the working industry i was in um uh, so i was concreting and uh basically uh just got caught up with one bloke from work and was offered a bit of this and um decided to have a crack at it and um yeah and it just spoiled me out of control again kind of thing and um three years later i end up back inside so yeah
2: i am fault i'm, forward, I'm- before we go on, like I'm, I'm known for my really hard hitting questions, Tommy. Like no, that's, that's what I'm really known for. Yeah. So when you were in the slot and you had a TV, what was your favourite programme?
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, my <me> favourite. <laughs> I know the answer. I know the answer to <laughs> this before you <laughs> Cause even. Because people
2: will it. be fascinated to know what you actually watch. <laughs> <laughs> what was your favourite? <laughs> yeah, well, go I mean, not SBS. Yes. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's always a good one, but um. Nah, just I locked I locked the uh, rage. Get some music going. Set, I think it was Saturday. Um, forget what it's called. Um, yeah, you, you get oh the loop. You yeah, know, I like to watch that. Yeah. Um, bit of mash mash uh, <laughs> <laughs> you like ma- that's um, brilliant. yeah home and away was always uh, uh, home yeah home and away. Uh, i was about to say if you yeah. don't say home and away yeah yeah every, everyone in prison is, watches that, the, home is and that away. Ma- <laughs> <laughs> do you, all, t- do you all sit around talking about home and away yeah well, <laughs> well when everyone's out, out in the uh in the foyer kind of thing you know out of the sales and watching tv um seven o'clock hits mate everyone's sitting there watching home <laughs>
2: Al Stewart time, eh? Yeah. Uh, that's pretty <laughs> Um On the flip side of that, what was the programme that came on that you thought, oh, that's enough? 23 hours of lockup is bad enough, but now I've got to watch this. What's um,
1: that one? Oh... I can't I, to be honest I can't remember you know it's going back five years ago so yeah, yeah I can't remember really what what, what I didn't like um, I think anything was really good yeah <laughs> you wonder That's well, you wonder if
2: Home well, and Away when they started thought, that think, they would have such an audience behind the walls
1: that's it that's it <laughs> I think I think when when, when, when a when a when the program come on I didn't like or I'd either be doing me push ups until it finished you know? yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Very good. So um, we go we go
2: forward a little bit. You, you're in your second, you say you were going really well, you know, staying clean. And then suddenly, you know, catch up with the, the person and then one thing leads to another, start to use again. Yeah. 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 And then you're back at it again and, and you're back in prison. How long was that for? Uh,
1: so my last sentence now was um, eight months. Hey man. Yeah. Yeah. So, what does it feel like when you're back in, right? After that time where you've
2: done so much of this work on yourself, and you've you've reached, as you say, like you know, you've got to a point where you 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 you're clean, you're living life. You had a job. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. You had a job, so you know everything's going right, and then suddenly you're back here in the van, getting transported to prison.
1: Oh, I was devastated. Yeah, I was. I was. You know, I've always been hard on myself. Um that's probably one one of one of my biggest downfalls always been hard on myself but um that those that 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 first in the in the divvy van you know getting walked out out of me you know home or the c i u coming um i was devastated i was actually I, I was actually meant to go to court that day i was in the shower i was having a shower i was going to court um uh for for an IVO just to um to make it a safe contact order and um yeah I was having a shower and the next minute see I'll use it at the door as I'm going to court first thing in the morning. So they kinda um shafted me a little bit. Um just the fact that they rocked up just because um they knew that if they get me before court because I was on bail they could then lock me up or keep me on my mind, so, um, yeah, once I hit that cell, mate, I was, I was pretty gutted, yeah, I was gutted, I was devastated with everything, um, you know, everything I'd worked on, um, because through, through that, even through, through that four years, you know, the, the first year I was clean, and th- through years, um, you know, I was kind of dabbling here and there and and then I'd go on a bender and I'd come off and then I'd, you know, I was bouncing, uh, at, at a few times I was bouncing from job to job kind of in concrete and um, pre-cast concrete and that. Yeah, so, you know, like I'd have my periods where I'd, I'd kind of kick it a bit and, and stay clean and all that and then I think the last, would have been eight months before... Um, I went to prison and I just went right off the handle mate, um, you know, I was letting everyone down, um, um, uh, ex-partner, uh, I let it down the most, um, you know, I was taking her money, I was gambling, I was using ice, I was doing just, just silly things, you know, I, I, I'd get me paycheck, you know, I'd spend it all, half on gambling, half on drugs, um, yeah, no, I didn't care about anyone really. It just got to that point, I guess. Um, I started losing. Lo- well, I lost focus again, you know, um, and I went back to the old me. Mm. You know of what I knew and how to survive. Yeah. Um. Or, or what I was taught as as a, as a real young fella, you know. And and I and I started using those traits again, just to, because life wasn't pretty. So the circumstances ended up being not pretty, you know what I mean? Yeah, um, yep. yeah.
0: And so while you were you were serving those eight months, what changed?
1: I, the last few sentences before that, I didn't have a partner, was in the kind of thing. Um, but she kept, kind of kept me, you know, level headed a bit, and stopped me, you know, from either getting into in, in with the bad crowds inside prison. And but I just wanted to prove, really, like... That's not me. You know what I mean? This is not my life. And um you know, I've always fought that. It's always been in my head, you know, ever since a child. Yeah, yeah, I never chose this life and and it's just I'm about a month in, um, Port Phillip I was, I was, immediately as soon as I got in there I was training. You know what I mean? Um basically the the only saviour I I really have in there was training. You know, if 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 you can't train in prison you, you yeah I don't, I don't know. you got to train in prison yeah <laughs> you got know yeah, you got yeah. you got to you got to do some sort of thing to kind of get those endorphins running and 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 get that brain activity happening you know and um making yourself feel good cuz if you don't you know you can sit around the lounge and get yourself into trouble or, um and just and just focus on the wrong thing really so you talk about your
2: fitness. I'm, I'm, I'm interested to know what other kind of programs that you did.
1: Yeah, I've done a few programs, like one or two or three, relating around drugs and money. You know, budgeting, and um, end up becoming a um, peer peer support worker in there, um, and basically doing um, like would would every every uh, I think it was every. Friday or something Would make up a little event You know Like We would do like A little rap contest Or yeah. You know Like get, get some Some um, Pens and paper And some paint And like um, Paint brushes and that And Get the boys in Who wanted to, to Participate you, you didn't have to You didn't want to And um, Basically they'd come in We'd give them the rundown, You know What we're going to do today And um, You know we'll, First off, we'd get, like, little signs made up, you know, and um, basically people put their name down on the list, they'd come in and we'd, um, yeah, we'd give them the rundown and then after that we'd uh, get them all involved in the program, you know, and um, and then the next week would be something different, you know, we'd teach them, obviously, um, what you could cook, you know, like, from, from what you could buy on the canteen list kind of thing. You know, to, from from pancakes to to prison donuts to mm. you know all, all all sorts of things. So prison donuts, yeah, prison donuts. They're different right. to crispy creams. Yeah, whatever. definitely different, mate. <laughs> 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 Do
2: you want to darkest you make yeah. a prison donut?
1: So a bit of bit of bread and a bit of jam and that and a bit of butter. Yeah, just deep fry it, mate. She she's rocking a bit of salt, a bit of sugar on top, mate. You know. <laughs> Tastes good. Yeah, they're fucking awesome. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah I
0: got hounded to try the margarine omelette.
1: Oh yeah, uh,
0: a few times.
1: All oh, right. Here, yeah, mate,
0: you put in the sandwich press and
1: yeah. No, I never done the margarine omelette. No, no, nah. huh. nah, I was always, always liked the syrup. Okay. yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> what was your what was your go to? What
2: was your best meal you could you could put together?
1: Um, I used to kind of look. At, I looked after me helping there with the, with the food corner kind of thing. I'd always buy rice oats um you know mixed beans mm. um that sort of thing in tuna and i'd always you know for lunch you know um i'd always eat me lunch kind of thing but always or i'd snag a few extra you know mm. things and i'd throw them in the fridge but um is
2: this now just to, to give everyone a to set the scene like in your cell and stuff like that you could you know you'd buy stuff from the shop and you'd be able to store it in there you could, what what do you have in your cell, cell where you can store your food
1: uh, so you got you got about four or five shelves, mainly for your clothes, and then you got a desk, you know, where you put your TV on, and um, yeah, your kettle, your sugar, your coffee, yeah, mm. uh, that sort of thing, and you just kind of stockpile it up, yeah. and make it all nice and neat, and your toiletries and stuff like that. So,
2: would you cook food? Where would you cook the food? Um, if you were going to have, could you cook in your cell, or do you have to go somewhere else and cook your food? Uh,
1: you could always, you know, boil your kettle and. Cook up yeah. some oats or something in there. Yeah. Um. Uh. Or macaroni noodles or whatnot. Um. But if you wanted to do a big cook up kind of thing, you either nick the pan. Yeah. <laughs> 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 no, Or or, you, or you, go, you do it in the common area. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
0: So you engaged with rebuild inside inside the prison.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I did yeah. Met Kate and um, and Hannah.
0: Got in contact with them after you left as well.
1: Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Straight away. Yeah.
0: Oh, straight away? So, yeah. So, in... so
1: the second day I was out, I, I messaged Kate, told her I was out, and, um, you know, I was set. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm wanting work. Yep. Yep. Yeah.
0: And did you have that in your head, like, before leaving, or was it kind of you're out, then you started the process? Hey, let's get a job.
1: No, I had it in, in my head, it's like, pretty much in prison. Yep. So, um, the good thing about Ravenhall at the time was they they done a they done like a, an exhibition sort of thing on um on work, um
0: the
1: job at, the jobs expo yeah the jobs expo yeah yeah so all these companies came in and had all these leaflets and stuff like that but I think Kate Kate and Hannah um they kind of directly came into the into the um into the yards and spoke spoke with, the, with us. Mm. Um, and um, she basically, yeah, I told her a bit about my story, a bit about my work history, my life and that. And um, basically she said, yeah, look, getting contacted with us when we get out and um, I'm sure we could help you and we, I'm sure we can, um, you know, find your son or a place to work. And um, and that's how I ended up at Rebuild. Basically, um,
2: so yeah. so when you got out, did you did you go were you, did you go for any other jobs or was it straight to rebuild? Or?
1: Yeah, no. So Kate referred me to um, John Holland originally straight away, um, but yeah, when I got out, um, yeah, so she organised an interview for me. Um, I pretty much couldn't sleep that night. I was pretty pumped and excited and whatnot, you know, thinking awesome. You know, I'm going to get back on track. In the morning, it hit. I caught the train down the city and got off the train and went nah, Pulled the pin and um, said, Kate, I can't do it. Um, yeah, I was just overwhelmed with anxiety and yeah, just, yeah, it was out of yeah, the blue kind of thing, you know, as soon as I jumped off that bus. Kate was pretty cool with it. She, um, she said, Yeah, no problem. She goes, I understand. Um, yeah, and then. She, Basically, turned around and said, "Oh, we can organise another interview for a later date when you when you when you feel ready." I said, "Awesome." Um, I came in there. Uh, I think the following week, I spoke to her, and she said, um, "Well, we've got two options, you know. Um, we could either keep looking for for something, you know, for you, um, or wait until an opportunity with John Holland kind of thing presents itself, um, or another like, in, another interview, or would you like to come work for Rebuild?" And I said, you know, actually, I wouldn't mind coming to work for Rebuild just for the the support that comes with it. Um, as I know, like, you know, I come out on corrections. Um, you know, I was still come out to the same house, same environment. Um, I knew it was going to be up and down, so I, I basically I didn't want to, you know, go for the John Holland kind of job, sort of thing. Because I knew that, you know, if I, m- I messed it up, I'll, you know, there wouldn't be that opportunity again kind of thing. So, um, which, which has been great with rebuild because, like, um, I, I've had a few ups and downs along the way here um, to where I am now over the last year of coming through corrections and all that kind of sort of thing. Yeah, so um, I'm glad I chose the path of rebuild and not to mention um, the people I've met, you know. And just for everyone to
2: listen, Kate, when you talk about Kate and Hannah, employment case managers who work into prison supporting um, people like yourself and, and all they're the young people that come and work for Rebuild and other employers as well. Going back, I think you make a really um, good point that people mightn't kind of realise that, you know, when you went for that job at John Holland, the perception would be that you could come out of prison and you can just go for a job and you just get a job and, you know, here's an opportunity. What's wrong with you? Why can't you take it? But does the other behind the scenes that people can't see, really, which is that you've come from incarceration and now you're in the the city surrounded by people. Bustle, a big job on the line, and you're expected to, you know, people just think, oh, yeah, what's wrong with you? Just go up and rock up and go into an interview like everyone else because interviews terrify most people anyway. (laughs) Um, And and, and the insight that you've had there by saying that you didn't want to go for it again because you knew that if you messed it up you probably wouldn't if you got the job and then you messed it up you probably wouldn't uh you know you wouldn't get that second chance hmm. so talk us through the ups and downs with rebuild and how you've needed that support in your life for the last whatever year um and and some of them ups and downs and be really uh interesting to hear
1: yeah definitely as you were saying yeah it's the expectation you know what i mean um of that job but um yeah, so the ups and downs basically, um, look, uh I've relapsed a few times, um due to circumstances of um uh relationships. Um, relationship breakdown, um uh, uh in a relationship and it was very rocky, mate. Um and uh basically coming out into the same environment, um was wasn't the greatest. You know, like if if, if I could have come out to maybe somewhere new and away from the people that were were around me um that eight months up to leading up to to my prison sentence i probably would have been in a better position but um it was just unfortunate um, so yeah and then uh, look so i had a few a few um a little bit of relapses um some homelessness oh, yeah and then oh, look, just recently this coronavirus stuff Basically, couldn't even get a hotel, so you know I couldn't I couldn't rock up to work, Uh, and I I think I was I was out for three months. Um, Basically, Kate and that helped me get up to my mother's up bush. Um, Then once I got back down, um, found myself a wheelchair house and whatnot. Um, Things have been a lot better and on the up and up. So. Sometimes things are out of your control, you know, and you get, life's going to throw you curveballs. It, no matter what direction you go, you know what I mean. It's just mm. it just comes it comes with life. It's not an easy road. Mm. Mm. Where do you think you're at now? Uh, personally, at uh, now, I, I, I think I'm I'm in the best position I've been in in a long time. I think I'm back to to back to who I am you know um i've got some goals set you know i've got um i working on my self-development learn to love myself yeah just more my, like my self-development mate you know just just every day's a new day and just taking new approach to to things you know like learn learn to be patient learn to to keep me anger under control learn to be humble you know learn to not walk around with an ego um yeah all kinds of things mate i'm just you know, one day at a time you know, I'm learning learning something new and I'm trying and I'm trying to do that, yeah. I live like a bit of a monk at the moment. You, <laughs> know? <laughs> you know. It's key yeah. to myself and I do my own thing, you know, and just yeah. look after my health really. Yeah. And um the more I look after my health, uh and you know, and well being, the better my mind is and, and the sharper it is, which it's like sharpening a tool in the shed, isn't it? So yeah. That's yeah.
2: good. Absolutely. You talk a lot about loving yourself, um, which throughout this interview you can see where the times where you haven't been loving yourself, yeah, and what's happened, and you continually strive for that. Which I think everyone, you know, in life in general, mm. um, also kind of struggles at times with loving themselves. So yeah, yeah. You're not alone on that one, I think, mate.
1: Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah, look, look, I always say, you know, you got to love yourself, you know. When you're alone, you gotta love yourself. When you're weak, and you gotta love yourself when you're strong, you know. Yeah, it's just it's just one of them things you gotta to learn to love yourself before uh, you can love anyone else, really. Mm-hmm. And I, and I think I I'll, I'll, I learned that through, through my relationships, um, you know. And I and I learned that through a lot of neglection, you know, through life and coming up as a youth, living on the streets and all that kind of sort of thing. So. Um, yeah it's, it's just where i built built my resilience and and um it's yeah it's just the, the man i am today yeah. yeah yeah
0: yeah yeah you've hit the nail on the head with with the resilience being built over your lifetime and everything you know you've gone through you know as a as a young young man at 10 to 13 years old have gone through a lot of stuff that a lot of ten to thirteen year olds wouldn't have gone through, you know. Yeah. And then moving forward, um, yeah, you've been throwing a few curveballs, yeah. Um, but you've bounced back, and yeah. I think you should be really proud of that as well. Yeah, thanks,
1: man. Mm.
2: Yeah, and um, we usually finish with a question, um, which I'm really um, looking forward to your answer on. <laughs> so, when you were
1: younger, what did you want to be when you grew up? Wanted to join the army. Yeah, I always wanted to be uh, be part of the army. Still do, to be honest but my criminal record um uh gets in the way of that so which is unfortunate Yep. yeah was there any particular reason why the army i got a well, a lot of my, my like my grandfather uh my father my father was in the air force um for a few years yeah my grandfather on his side was in the army my uncle was in the vietnam war yeah it's just so i, I guess it's it's just something i always looked at like was you know yeah that's that's what's going to develop me to be a man mm. you know mm. that kind of thing um cool. as life hit when it re- when it really hit at 13 you know and dad passed like i, I still wanted to join the army always did and that, that's where i, I you know was focused on that just the brotherhood ship of it you know that that sort of aspect of it, you know, is is what what, what you see. And um, my my half brother, he's he's in the army. Yeah, yep. yeah. <laughs> Not happy about that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but um. Bit of sibling
0: rivalry there.
1: Yeah, it he's the <laughs> older brother, but I wanted to join the army before he did. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, but um, yeah, and you know, look, I oh, I've seen him change for it. He's he's been he's been in the army now ten years, and um, yeah, no, that's just, that's that's what I wanted to be. I wanted to be in the army. Yeah.
2: Well, thank you so much for your answer, Tommy, and um, thanks for today. No it's problem. been um, it's been a pleasure um, listening to you, and it's uh, your story is very compelling. And and you know, I think the word resilient has been thrown around a lot. And uh, yeah, I probably. Echo them that word as well because you've been faced with a lot more than anyone should probably at a at a, at an early age and when you think of that of what you've gone through before you started even um on that pathway of of residential care and offending you'd already experienced a lot of of heartache and and trauma as well and to be here today um albeit on a crutch um because you uh, <laughs> you've injured yourself um yeah. you know is testament to you. Uh, so. Keep loving yourself, mate. Yeah, yeah we'll do it. Keep telling that to yourself and, and, and keep moving forward. And, and, you know, the Rebuilders here obviously always to support you as well.
0: Awesome. Okay. Thanks a lot, Tommy. No problem. Next week on A Time to Rebuild.
1: I see mates go and um, celebrate Christmas with their families and that sort of thing, and um, I had nowhere to go when those doors locked and it's just you and those four walls, that's where it hits. That's where you're like, oh, you know, you start thinking about your family. Those with kids start thinking about, you know, what kind of, like they should have been there. But um, growing up it was always sad because uh, there was never presents at the table. So the only present that was at the table was each other.
0: So how is Christmas going to be different this year? Oh, totally 180. If anything in today's episode has raised any issues for you or someone you know, head over to our website for a full list of services that may help at ymcarebuild.org.au under the podcast tab. This podcast was produced by Mick Cronin and Mark Wilson. Editing done by Mark Wilson.